Hello there. My name is Stefan Frost, the host of Game Devastation, the podcast you are listening to right now. Just as a heads up, sometimes there are opinions on this show. Sometimes there are curse words on this show. Sometimes I just sob for about 20 minutes. I don't know why people keep listening to it. Anyway, all these things are from me. They're not really representative of the company I work for or previous companies that I've worked for. So just a heads up, then that's about it. Okay, legal disclaimer now over. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Game Devastation. My name is Stefan Frost. Today we are joined by Armin Ibraz... Ah, nope. Ibrazic. We, we, we just went over this stuff. I know. Like, <laughs> like I know. right before you asked me how to pronounce my name. And you're like, oh, that was pretty good. You did a good job. And, and what did I do? I just, I mucked it up. I'm sorry. You know sorry. what? We're not, we're not going to do another intro, too. That's staying. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, you know? You, yeah, you, that's, that's the one chance you get. Ibrazic. <laughs> it's nice to be here, either way. Yeah, dude. Thank you for coming on the show. So you and I met at E3, maybe two years ago, or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we shared a booth. I was there uh, pimping out the Wild Stars, and you were there pimping out the Goat Simulators. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we were talking. So it was good to meet you then. But yeah, so I reached out. I figured uh, we should talk on this show. So thank you for coming on. It's it's now 5 p.m. in Sweden, where you're at. Is that correct? Uh, yep. Okay. And it is now 8 a.m. here. Um, okay. So let's get into this, my man. Uh, how did you start in video games? Where did you get your start? Oh, well, that's a pretty long story. Uh, I think I am... Well, first of all, I, I, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, and then, like, in the last minute before I was supposed to, um, I was, like, on the reserves for med school. Uh, mm-hmm. And then right before I was supposed to, like, the semester started, I just joined a game development um, college instead uh, so, and moved there. <laughs> so this <laughs> My was... parents were pretty pissed, though. I understand. I would understand that, I guess. <laughs> your, your parents are like, our son's going to be a doctor. And then he makes Goat Simulator. Yeah, game um, design. Yeah, well, actually, Goat Simulator was was really lucky for me because if I hadn't like if I hadn't worked on Goat Simulator, then my parents would still probably be angry at me. Uh, so, but we're all we're all good now, though. Yeah, you're good now because it's a mega huge success. So they're like, it's fine. And, yeah, well, exactly. All right. So um, you're supposed to be a doctor. What made you change your mind last minute? What What was it that was like? You know what? I'm gonna get well, it. It's just like well, my, you know, my my dad's a doctor, and uh, I've always been, you know. I didn't really know what to do when I, what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, so it was always like, you know, my default um, thing to do. I think a lot of people have like, you know, something that they, they're not really super passionate about, but they're like, yeah, you know, I'll do this. It's a good job. Uh, but then I, um, you know, I, I, I saw that you could actually study game development. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I imagine you played a lot of games growing up. Is that true? Oh, a ton. Yeah, yeah, of course. What What were your kind of main influences growing up? What were the games that kind of spoke to you? I think um, the first real game that really got me into gaming was probably Age of Empires, I think. Yeah. Like, especially like all those old school, you know, Age of Empires, Heroes 3, um, Warcraft 2, all those like 90s strategy games. RTSs, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was really into that. I was, I would, you know, it was... It was kind of like toys for, for, you know, a little kid. I, I would have those 
cool soldiers and I'd give them names and I'd, you know, walk them around and talk with them. And it was like, you know, digital toys basically for me. Uh, and uh, I think sometime around my teenage years, I started playing World of Warcraft and I just didn't stop gaming after that. <laughs> gotcha. So in, um, so is Coffee Stain the first place that you worked at in the game industry? Uh, I actually worked at uh, two places before. Uh, I worked uh, on, uh, I had an internship uh, at Magica, mm. uh, or the, a studio that made content for Magica. So that was like my first real job in the industry, but I, um, as soon as I graduated college, I started working at Coffee Stain, and uh, I haven't messed up yet, so <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think we talked about this before, but I'd like to talk about this on, on here too. Where the hell did Goat Simulator come from? <laughs> All right. Um, so um, sometime like two years ago, I was um, I found I th I think it started out with me finding YouTube videos of goats doing stupid shit. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if you if you haven't looked on YouTube for goats doing stupid shit, then I, you know, there's you've missed a whole world of content because there's like so many videos of goats on YouTube. It's it's crazy. Uh, there's like <laughs> it's fun. Like certain parts of YouTube have their own niche, uh, with tons of people watching and making videos. Anyway, I found goat videos on YouTube, and um, I just I did basically no work for an entire week. I just watched that, uh, and then after that, I was like, you know, we should make a game out of this. So, <laughs> all right, that's just, basically where it came from. Just to be clear, you watched goat videos of goats doing stupid shit. And then you thought to yourself, this could be a game. I see something that nobody yeah, else definitely. has seen before. We're going to make this. Okay. So that's the foundation of it. Now, uh, when you were sitting and thinking about the, the design of the game, what were your thoughts on you know, what, it, what it needed to do, what you needed to be, like what the player needed to do within it? Like what, what was that sort of process like coming up with the actual rules of the game? Uh, that's really that's the first time I got that question. Actually, uh, I really like talking about game design. Um, first, so obviously, like the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make a game that was didn't have any objectives, that didn't have any, you know, that you don't have to read a book to know how to play it beforehand. Because mm -hmm. uh, I have, you know, there's a lot of Steam sales going around, and I have I feel like I have more games than I've ever had before, uh, and the prime. The reason I don't play games isn't any longer that I can't afford them because they're like, you know, five dollars a pop on yeah, eighty-five percent off. So you know, the the main bottleneck in my gaming is actually my time. Uh, so I just uh, I bought a ton of games on the Steam summer sales and I just never played any of them because, like, I still haven't played Mass Effect because I have to, you know. You know, you, you come home, it's it's 7 p.m. and you make food and you don't feel like starting, you know, educating yourself on a whole new game system, you know? Right. Uh, so I just felt like I want to make a game that doesn't have any uh, backstory, doesn't have any gameplay, you can't win it. It's just something that you start and you play and you have fun for like 30 minutes and then you're done with it. Uh, so that was like my main uh, vision for like the gameplay and the scope of the game. Uh, and then when it came to that, I was like, okay, well, how do you make this game fun? Uh, and I just figured, um, the first thing was, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which mm -hmm. was um, the first influence for the game, uh, where, you know, you do, it's, pr the, the old Tony Hawk games are pretty much, uh, 
um, a park where you could skate around and do whatever you want and you get points, but there's no real, you know, you're not competing against anyone really. You're just right. playing around. Uh, so that was kind of what I wanted to do with Goat Simulator, that you just, you get points for doing stupid shit. Uh, now, of course, no one ever goes after points in Goat Simulator. <laughs> I've learned that today. So it's not, not a system that we put a lot of time in. Right. Uh, as soon as we release the game, we noticed that you know no one wants to get a high score in this game. They just want to run around and find Easter eggs and, and you know do do weird stuff. Right. Uh, so yeah, as as the game has progressed, we've started. You know, we we went more into the Easter eggs and and weird surprises things instead of you know gathering points and stuff like that. So yeah, I was actually going to ask you that because you know you. The game launched in early access, right? Or is it still in early access? No, it was no, no. It was it just launched in no early access. Uh, okay, okay. So when the game launched, uh, because this is this is always interesting to me. Some games they launch and that's it, right? And nobody updates it or anything like that. What you're talking about is adjusting the game's design and point, really, in a lot of ways, because people get their hands on it, they experience it, and then you can kind of mold it into what they want. So was it just the Easter eggs that you guys kind of adjusted or was there other things that you guys adjusted as a result of people actually getting their hands on it and playing it? No, basically, I think when, when Goat Simulator was released, uh, it was probably maybe 20% or 15% of the content that we have right now. Uh, so we adjusted huge parts of the game based on what feedback we got from people. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, of course, you know, in, in a perfect world, all developers should do that, but it doesn't really work like that especially in the AAA industry you know right. you have hundreds of people making a game and when the game is released it's you know most of the people working on it are probably not even still in the company or they're on other projects and stuff like that uh, but what we had was basically we had a team of 20 people and right after we released the game we released the game on like a Friday or something and then you, we came to work on a Monday and we're like you know, so, so what now? <laughs> what do we do now? Right. So we just figured we, we started patching in these small things. Uh, the game was pretty broken on release, so we had we kind of felt bad uh, that we sold so many copies of, of a game that was kind of bugged and had a not that much content on release. So we just started patching in things that we thought were funny. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that made uh, the life... It made the game last much longer than it usually would mm -hmm. uh, and especially around I, I think around th that summer uh, we decided to make the MMO expansion right uh, as like a free edition just j just to you know prolong the game's uh, uh, what do you say a life lifespan basically lifespan yeah exactly so and, and it was it was so well received that we just figured shit we got to keep doing this well, I was going to talk about that, too, actually. It was like one of the things I had written down was um, you guys seem to react very quickly to things and get stuff out in a very fast fashion because, you know, much to your point, a lot of AAA games come out. They're huge and massive and they need to address a lot of different things. And they have, you know, hundreds of people and they need to address like which ones are the most important. Um, with you guys, it seemed like you put out lots of free stuff. You put out things that people seemed to like that, you know, they were playing and you were figuring that stuff out. How did you guys react so quickly? Um, and do you think that helps with the success of the game continuing moving forward? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, like the main thing that a game developer should think about today 
uh, is to work reactively and not proactively because I think the game industry is changing so fast and it's it's turning in directions that no one thought it would. Just, you know, six years ago when I was studying game development, it was all about um, Facebook games. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. Zynga made Farmville and everyone's like, oh shit, like, you know, fam- Facebook games are the big thing. Three years ago, it was free-to-play mobile games are the big thing and now it's VR is the big thing and and it's it's changing directions really really fast so I think the the safest way to go is to just not plan ahead and just uh, you know work reactively with how the industry is is turning I think that's solid advice Um, something that you had kind of hit on earlier and, and something I wanted to ask about was humor in games you have a ton of humor. I mean, shit. The title is Goat Simulator, right? Like that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that. It's a it's a funny game. So humor can be very difficult to put in a game. I I was talking with somebody on this show at one point in time, and I was saying that I think humor is harder to pull off than scaring people or or horror. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Uh, and they were surprised by that, and I I was like, what What are you talking about? Humor is hard. So uh, how did you guys get in humor in the game that that actually stuck with people and, and made made them laugh uh i think the hardest thing about humor is that you know everyone gets scared of kind of the same things uh, regardless of what culture or where you're from uh but humor is so subjective and it's so you know what's fun in america might not be fun in sweden and, and vice versa mm. uh, so i think what what we've done with the humor is basically just go with things that's really close to us that's why we always make fun of like other things in the game industry like the MMO expansion uh, it was just it just came from like we were sitting during the summer and we were like okay so what do we do next and I, I, I was really hyping the new World of Warcraft expansion so I was like shit we should release a MMO expansion at the same time as World of Warcraft releases their expansion uh, and everyone just found that funny and so we just went with it uh so i think that you know since our audience are gamers they're pretty well you know they they know gaming pretty well so that's our main source of humor in the game right and you guys also did like a did you do goat z is that what it was yeah called? goat z yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good so it's the, that's another thing like uh parody right like there's there's a lot of it seems like there's a lot of parody in the game and, you know, with the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Um, is that something that you guys are going to be moving towards moving forward? Are you going to con- continue to do parody stuff? I mean, it's it seems like a mix of reaction uh, quickly and then also parodying, like, what's coming out. Is that going to continue? Yeah, to definitely. Uh, I, I, South Park is a huge influence for me. I love Matt and Trey Parker. They're hilarious. Uh, and I love the way they work. Uh, just, you know... Seeing what's uh, what people talk about right now, what what questions are important to people, and right. then just making fun of them. Well, so uh, and you're you're specifically talking about because they react really quickly too. Like they'll they'll post an episode, you know, maybe a couple hours. They'll finish an episode and then they'll post it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Fifteen hours before it airs or something like that. But uh, so yeah, you're saying basically make fun of what's relevant now and make sure you react quickly. Yeah, it's it's basically just things that we found funny. So it's not like we have this plan, you know, we're we're gonna find things in the gaming industry and make parodies of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't think anyone wants to make just you know a parody simulator. It's more like we just 
we just think about what, what what we're passionate about right now, and then we kind of make fun of it. Very cool. So um, you were talking about reaction and, and not planning too proactively, but uh, is there going to be continually future Goat Simulator stuff, or are you guys moving on to something else after that soon? Or can you talk? Uh, that's that's also something that we just we don't know. Uh, we make uh, expansions, and then we see how they perform and we you know we read people's feedback and see what they think uh we were planning on the mmo thing being our last expansion we just wanted to do like go out with a big bang mm -hmm. and then the trailer got like a million views literally a million views uh and we had people who were like shit you gotta keep making stuff uh so we just kind of kept doing it so we i i'm completely honest when i say that we don't really have a plan uh, for you know what's gonna happen the next year, uh, we just kind of make one expansion and then we see how it goes and then we uh, come in on Monday and we plan the rest of our week. Well, so one of the things that I was gonna ask you earlier and I completely spaced on forgetting on doing it. How did you convince somebody that this would be a good idea? Because it, it was it was really hard. Like yeah, it was, yeah it's uh, so I, I'm a game designer um, and we have like these uh, game pitches that we had. Uh, right before uh, we decided to go with Goat Simulator. And, you know, everyone in the company can pitch games, but obviously designers kind of have a an, an edge when they do that. Um, it was really hard at the beginning, but I, I think I pitched it three times before people were like, okay, fine, let's do the fucking Goat thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And it, it was it was still really close. Like, we we were kind of like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll try this out and we'll, we'll, we'll see how it feels. And we, we didn't really plan on having like a huge Steam release. Um, but, you know, ever since the first video, it, it got like 4 million views, 5 million views or something. It went so viral that that was the, the thing that actually convinced people to make game for real. Because before that, Goat Simulator was kind of like, we weren't totally sure what was going to happen with the game. Right, uh, but after that, we were like, "Shit, you know, there's there's a ton of people that want to play this game." Uh, so something I wanted to talk to you a little bit about too, which you were talking about trends in the gaming industry, and um, you know, there's games like H1Z1 and and Daisy and stuff like that. But um, some of the videos that come out um, kind of feature some of the bugs that are in the game that are actually kind of funny in their own way. Um, and I don't like I don't know if you've seen those videos where they have, you know, people playing these games in beta or whatever. And there's like stuff blowing up that's not supposed like a tree will explode and then a car comes out of it. You know, and they're like, <laughs> All right. what the hell? What the hell is this? Uh, did you you were talking about Goat Simulator kind of coming out? You, it was it was a little buggy when you launched it. Do you think that that actually added to the charm and the humor of the game a little bit when it came out? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I hope so, because th that's what we kind of decided with the bugs uh, before we released the game. That you know, the reason that you want to remove a bug is because it ruins gameplay, right? Right. Uh, but if you don't have any gameplay to to start with, like you don't, there's no point. Like, okay, there's points, but there's no one trying to kill you, and there's no competition in the game. Then you know your your neck getting stuck in a building doesn't make the game worse. It it just makes it more fun. Right. Uh, so we just decided to have it, it. It's not about you know including all bugs in the game, just about being objective. Like, does this does this make the game better? If it does, then we just keep it in the game. What do you think the most difficult part was for making Goat Simulator? Um, 
probably adjusting to the type of game that it is, you know, because we were we made uh, I don't know if you knew, but we made uh, Sanctum before mm-hmm. Goat Simulator, which was a pretty successful game, but in in no way close to the sales numbers of Goat Simulator. Right. Uh, we were we were pretty good. Like I'm I'm a, I'm pretty good at balancing, and I'm pretty good at you know all the technical design things. It's pretty hard to adjust to a game where you know you're you're used to always. Uh, having at least some sort of guideline when you're making a game but with goat simulator it's just that you know we we kind of had no idea what we were doing gotcha um now one of the things that um you know is is more kind of interesting you were talking earlier like in a sense what would you define as the gameplay loop in this game is it just to go out and find things in the world is it do you there, there is the there is no gameplay loop. There's I think no gameplay loop. Yeah, ju- it just just the term gameplay loop brings me to like you know, free to play, brainwashing, manipulation of you know, uh-huh. uh, who who wants to be in a loop? Like we, no one wants to be in a loop. Uh, you know, uh, professionally, uh, personally, you don't you don't want to go around in a circle all the time. Uh, so we just th- that's something that we never gave any thought to. We just figured you know. Uh, we'd let people try the game and then we'd see what makes them laugh and then we would add more things that make him laugh kind of gotcha um so when you were making the mmo what problems did you run into there because mmos are a giant pain in the ass and uh and can cause a lot of problems because if if i can do something to somebody else or if i can do something to another thing that other people are interacting with I can potentially yes, so, ruin their So I don't, know, I don't know if you're aware or not, but the MMO is actually not real. Oh, I thought there was like simulator. more and stuff. Yeah, no, no. So, so <laughs> I can't believe you fell for it. So we, <laughs> we, we made one reason why we wanted to make the MMO a free update was because we wanted to like literally trick people. Like we, would, we, we wouldn't say explicitly that it's online. We would just call it like uh, Goat MMO Simulator. Uh, so it's it's just a simulation of an MMO. It's not actually like it, there's a huge difference between Goat Simulator MMO and Goat MMO Simulator. Okay. Uh, so like uh, the the thing that I enjoyed the most about making that uh, expansion was uh, me and another designer scripted the entire chat. Like there's a chat that's completely scripted uh, with you know bots uh, with names like you know. Dark Assassin seventy eight, uh, and they're they're Separate selling things connect. to each other. Yeah, they're they're yelling at each other, calling each other dumbasses, and and fighting in the in the chat. They're, you know, selling silver axe to gold whisper me fast. You know, stuff like that. Things that you always see in an MMO. Uh, and we just we just scripted it. We just <laughs> we just made it fake. Damn, dude. Well, you got one on me. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, so okay. So you decided... We still have people mailing us who are like, you know, is the game really an MMO? Or like people that are like, oh, I logged in, but I can't see my friend. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, we actually have a feature like if you invite someone, uh, if I invite you on Steam to join my game, mm-hmm. then a bot will spawn with your Steam name uh, in, in my game. Uh, and a bot with my Steam name will, will spawn your game. So you actually think that you're playing with each other. Dude. Uh, it's pretty sophisticated. That's uh well done, sir. <laughs> well done. Um, so I wanted to talk to you uh, also 
not as much goat simulator related, but um, just kind of industry talk in general. You were talking about evolving and, and changing as a result of, of things moving through. Uh, early access is one of the things that's kind of big now um, in games. W- what are your thoughts on that subject or that payment model? Do you think that's a good thing for games or do you think that that's something that maybe isn't the best? What are your thoughts on it? It's such a, such a hard topic. Like, uh, uh, in a perfect world, I think that early access would be an amazing way to make games way better than the traditional way. Uh, you know, it has so many good things, but I myself never buy early access games anymore because there's no way of knowing, you know, th- there's no way of um, uh, separating one early access game from another. So th- there's, there, like, take Darkest Dungeon, for example. Mm-hmm. That was a game that I bought in early access, and it's really great, and it was a ton of fun. Like as soon as it released in early access, it was a stable game. It was fun. Uh, it had the core gameplay nailed. Yeah. Uh, it was it it was it was a great buy. Uh, but there are some other games. Like do you remember Castle Story? Uh, uh, it was no. like one the it was a game that Notch tweeted about, uh, and a ton of game people bought it, and then it was pretty undone and pretty buggy you, you couldn't really do anything in the game mm. so there's you know there's the some games do early access well others do early access wrong and the problem is that there's no way of knowing the difference so i just i'm i'm very very hesitant when i buy early access games now mm. and i i don't think i'd want to release a game on early access either yeah it's funny like uh i think it depends on the weird thing was when they first came out or first started coming out, um, I thought very very similarly to what you did. Um, but I think it's all about how you release it, right? Like if it's in a good state, Darkest Dungeon is a great example. That game is is pretty much feature complete, maybe not content complete, right? So you can play through the game and you understand what it is and it feels good, but there's things that they need to tune and tweak. Um, the downside of it for me is those games come out and then people maybe might not come back, right? Because they're like, oh, I played that. I'll come back when it's done. And then they just, they don't. Because they've got other things to play or there's other things to do. Or they're like, yeah, I got the the gist of the game. I I don't need to play it anymore. Um, But I guess on the upside too, you can have people give you money earlier so that you can continue. If you're strapped for cash, that's a good way to make money and continue developing the game. I don't know. It's it's always a rough one to kind of talk about. Um. All right, so I also wanted to talk about uh, what you're working on presently, good sir. Uh, what are you working on presently? Uh, right now, we're working on uh, a secret expansion for Goat Simulator. Secret. Uh, super secret. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's not much more I can say, but it's coming out sometime this year. Can't say when. Uh, not exactly. Soon. Maybe soon. soon. Okay, fair enough. But, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's so secret that it has a trailer. Oh, the, you're talking about the, the, the last expansion? The, yeah, the secret one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, so that's the, the expansion that we just released maybe two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, the, the Payday expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we just recently did a collaboration with the Payday people. Uh, and they made a Goat Simulator level in their game. And we made a... Uh, pity level in our game uh so that that was a lot of fun yeah Yeah. 
So how did that come about, by the way? Was it just they were fans of the game and they reached out to you guys or vice versa? Or how did that work? I, I, th- I think we kind of, I, I think we met him at like a, the, um, some sort of conference and we just joked around about it. And then we were like, you know, what, why, why wouldn't we do it? Like we, we've done, we've done so, so many stupid things in Ghost Simulator. You know, we can totally do a, a payday heist themed expansion. I, by the way, we were supposed to do one in Wildstar when I was on the game. Uh, do oh, you yeah, remember that's talking right, about that's that? Right. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. I We were talking and our legal team was like, well, I don't know if we can do that. I was like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> be amazing. We'll just put, they'll have our goat, we'll have their goat, it'll be great. And it was this whole rigmarole. But um, yeah, wanted to do that. Um, okay, so the last thing that I'm going to ask you, good sir, and then I have to I have to get ready for work. Actually, um, what do you see as the future for you guys? I mean, is, is there anything beyond just the goat stuff, or is it just goat simulator stuff? And we'll see where it goes. Uh, it's it's so hard to to answer because we 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 don't plan that way. Uh, right now, we're still we're doing um, uh, game pitching, game ideas again. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some really cool new IP that we can work on. Uh, but there's, you know, there's, we, we don't like to plan too far ahead. So it's, you know, I, I wish I could tell you, but I honestly don't know. Fair uh, enough. We, I, I, I would love to keep making dumb, uh, games that are similar to Goat Simulator. <laughs> um, so actually really quick on that. So with planning for you guys, um, how does it work? You know, there are some people that run like scrum or some people that run, you know, Kanban or waterfall or like, how does your production planning look? Is it just kind of like, let's identify what the thing is for the week and just kind of work towards that stuff. Or how does that work? Uh, kind of, I think, uh, during the start of goat simulator, we had a really, really open, um, production it was pretty much like you just went to work and you did whatever you want you put content in the game and uh, and that was it we had no no proper planning we knew that we had to be done in roughly 10 weeks uh, so we would just put things in and that's kind of how how it still works we have some so we have like some systems like in the MMO we had a couple of programmers had to work on uh, you know the special abilities that the goats have uh, but in general, most of our people working on content, they just try try to make something funny and add it into the game. Sometimes we have meetings where we discuss fun things that we could add, but there's no real... Um, I, I, I wouldn't call what we do Scrum, really. Mm. Now, let me, let me ask this, too. Is there anybody not funny working on the game? Oh, but, uh, programmers aren't very funny people, uh, but but luckily that's why we have our our uh, fun meetings where we just discuss fun things that we can add into the game. So there's a, it's literally you're dedicating time and you're going like we're gonna it's a fun meeting we're gonna talk only about yeah, the things yeah, that are fun, fun and adding it in fun meeting yeah exactly that's rad uh, I'm I'm really good at making up fun things but I'm I'm terrible at organizing myself and terrible at actually adding features to the game so luckily there there are people that can you know help me out with that well uh sir i thank you for your time uh, i think we're gonna we're gonna call it here um is there anything uh, that you want to pimp out or, or talk about before we go or you know provide shout outs to uh, no man i just i had a ton of fun uh, it was it was a lot of fun it was really good questions too i like answering like you know game design questions and stuff like that uh so it was cool. 
Well, dude, when the next expansion comes out, if you want to come on again, we'll talk. It's uh, it sounds cool to me. Uh, thank you for coming on. And if you guys want to hear more game devastation, you can go to iTunes and search for game devastation, or go to patreon.com backslash Stephen Frost and hear all the episodes there for free, or you could donate, you know, whatever. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much, Armin. I'm not gonna try your nuts. If if Jick. Good enough. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Dude, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Adios.